There's been so much talk around the voice, what what it is and why it's so important for reconciliation. You'd be forgiven for thinking the campaign was already underway. But this week, the Yes campaign will officially launch. Dean Parkin is leading the Yes group and he joins me now. Welcome back to Breakfast. Good to be back. Thanks, Patricia. We already know there will be a referendum this year. So what is the launch all about? Yeah, so this is really important and we're really excited about it. It's about um, saying that it's time to bring the conversation down from the politicians and the media types and the commentators and bring it back to where it should be. It should be in communities across the country. That's where this whole idea started from. That's where we know the campaign will be won. And so this week, uh, the launch is not so much the full campaign launch. It's not the full yes launch, but it's very much about launching that, you know, that uh, that moment of getting it back to the community and saying this is where we really want to be having the conversation around uh, recognition and the voice. There's been a lot of criticism that people have bigger problems like the cost of living or crime in their areas to deal with, that the voice isn't at the front of their mind. How can you try and change that? Well, we're actually encountering an enormous amount of goodwill from people when we actually talk about this. And and while those other issues are absolutely important and we understand that they affect the day-to-day lives of of people, we, we've also seen that they can also have in their heads and their hearts um, this idea that after nearly 235 years, we should recognise Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples in the constitution as the first peoples of the constitution, as the first peoples of Australia, sorry, and that we should do that through a voice so that we have real practical change on the ground in, in, in communities for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. Um, so they can, they can be absolutely, um, you know, have at the front of mind other issues and also want to be involved in this conversation that more and more people are hearing about as, as we progress closer to the referendum. The Uluru Statement from the Heart called for a voice and wanted wanted this vehicle for power, to, to empower Indigenous Australians. It didn't call for recognition. How did the recognition language re-enter this discussion? Well, the Uluru Statement from the Heart was, was actually trying to answer this question, what does meaningful constitutional recognition look like? I mean, that's the really important thing to remember here is that um, the reason why uh, the referendum council was set up, the reason why that process led to the Uluru Statement was after nearly three decades of talking about um, recognising Indigenous peoples in the constitution, everybody from Paul Keating to John Howard and every prime minister since has been um, talking about this. That whole process was set up to to really answer that question. And so Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people said, well, well the recognition's got to be practical. We've got, to, we've got to do something that has an impact on the lives of our families and communities. And that's why the voice was proposed as the most meaningful way for that recognition to happen. The other element is it called for a First Nations voice, not an Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander voice. Why has that language changed? Well, the Uluru Statement references Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, it references Indigenous people, and it references First Nations. Um, but it so does call the, the, for a First Nations voice. Those are the words in the Uluru Statement from the heart. Um, there are many Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, and in fact, we've done um, a considerable amount of work and a considerable amount of research to understand, well, what are the terms that people understand best? And, and what are the terms that people think are most suitable 
um, in the way that we describe this thing. And that's really important. We can't just assume that everybody understands what each of these terms mean. And so, so when you, you actually go around... Yeah, can I, sorry. sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but are you saying that it's that when you use the words Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander voice, do you think it has a higher chance of success? And what's that based on? Oh, that's based on 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 our own on our own work, on our own research over the last nearly five and a half years. Um, and we also know that you know I've 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 been out there in the communities, um, Patricia, in different places, and I've been told in in places like um, you know in, in remote areas like the Kimberley, for example, particularly a lot of the older people themselves. Um, understand and and are familiar with terms like Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. Um, it's not that there's anything wrong with First Nations. It's just that the level of understanding and connection to those terms aren't as strong. So as with all of what we do and what we've um, tried to do throughout this whole process is make it as accessible as possible to as many people as possible so that, um, so that uh, you know, we can get as much support as we possibly can. So um, whether it's First Nations or, 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 or Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples really is besides the point. The most important thing is understanding that this is about making sure that we do the recognition piece right and that fundamentally this is about getting real change on the ground, real practical action because that's what everybody wants to see. Today, Greg Craven, who's a member of the Constitutional Expert Group giving advice to the Prime Minister's Referendum Working Group, has criticised the Yes campaign uh, Professor Craven has broken ranks to claim some inside the Yes campaign are prepared to sabotage its success to get the perfect model, essentially. How do you respond to that criticism? Oh, I'm, I'm not really in the business of commentating on commentators, Patricia. Um, we are he ha- setting he's up... In, the, he's the, actually in the group, though. I mean, he's not just a commentator. He's, 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 he's acting as a commentator on this particular issue. We're, we're about to start the conversation. This is the very reason why, Patricia, that we need to bring the conversation down to where this belongs, back to the community itself. I could sit here and, and, and I could come on the show every day and comment on every single opinion piece that's written about this and we'll go absolutely nowhere. What we want to do is make sure that the community itself, we're being told across, across the country, we've been told by our supporters that it's really important that we... Um, focus in on, 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 on where they are and what they're talking about. And we've also been told by many people who haven't made their mind up yet. They're sitting out there saying, well, we're hearing all this about a voice and about a referendum. We want to be involved. So, so our job is absolutely to go out there and make sure that there are opportunities for all Australians to be involved in this, to participate in their communities. Because as I say, that's where this conversation should be um, rather than rather than commentating on commentators. Yesterday, I spoke with the Minister for Indigenous Australians, Linda Burney, at uh, a public event in Sydney as part of World Pride. Uh, Liberal Senator Andrew Bragg was also there and the podcast is available. But she said in, in a couple of weeks the government will be making clear, uh, you know, its its other elements of the voice and uh, Makarata and, and other issues. Would that be a distraction or do you support the government advancing those other elements? Well, ultimately, um, that is a matter for the government to uh, decide whether they're going to run those um, other parts of the Uluru Statement. I mean, clearly when the Prime Minister um, gave his commitment on election night, he, he, he gave a commitment for, to the full implementation of the Uluru Statement from the heart. So the government deciding that that is something that they're going to push um, in the next few weeks is, is, is something that's obviously for them. 
our focus, as always, will 100% be on making sure that all Australians are involved in this conversation around the voice and this question around recognition. Um, that's It's such a big agenda, Patricia. It's mm. such a, an important agenda, a historic moment for our nation that we'll all be going to a referendum um, by the end of this year. Um, there's enough for us to stay focused on that single issue alone. So you're launching the Yes campaign in Adelaide this week. What can you tell us about that launch? Well, it's about bringing together all sections of community. We've got uh, people from the faith groups. We've got people from civil society. We've got Indigenous people. We've got non-Indigenous people. There'll be a conspicuous lack of politicians at this launch. This is about the community. This is so about... So they're not invited? Oh, they've, they've had their go and there'll be other goes uh, for politicians after this. This is unashamedly focused on, 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 on Australians from all walks of life, bringing them together and saying it's time that we, we bring the conversation back to the community. And, uh, and, uh, and so, you know, it's, it's, it's not going to be your big fireworks show. It's, it's really about grounding where this uh, should be. And uh, I'm just really excited about it. I'm really excited that uh, we're, in some ways we're not commencing the campaign. We've been at this for, for nearly six years now. But to reorientate and refocus uh, this issue back to where it should be, um, I'm just really excited and I can't wait for Thursday. Just final question. Peter Dutton came out of the second referendum working group meeting. Uh, the reports in the meeting were that they were constructive discussions, but he came out of that meeting and he said that he thinks that this referendum is on track to fail. Is he right? Well, that's not what we're hearing and that's not what we're seeing. And um, we're seeing consistently that there has been, you know, 60 to 65% of Australians that would support uh, a yes vote on a voice. Um, we're out there in the community uh, on a daily basis talking to people. There's, a, there's two different kind of conversations happening here, Patricia. There is the political and media-driven conversation and then there's the conversation that's happening out in, in, in communities that's where we're focused because when you're out there, there's a lot of goodwill, there's a lot of anticipation and people saying, invite us in, invite us in, give us give us an opportunity to be part of this and let us make our own mind up over time. So, look, we look at this as, a, as, a, as an enormous opportunity and, um, as I say, can't wait to get out there and ramp up those conversations across the country. Dean Parkin, thank you for joining us. Thanks, Patricia. Dean Parkin is one of the organisers of the Yes campaign. You're listening to ABC RM Breakfast. Stream any ABC radio station live and on the go. Discover new podcasts, music and audiobooks, all free on the ABC Listen app.